Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you like us and you think we deserve it, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. And please enjoy the wonderful sounds of uh, Chris Casper. Episode 10. <laughs> we are on episode 10 of this podcast here, but we also have played... Three shows in one week. Le- yeah, like five days, right? Something like that? Um, I would say seven, six or seven days, but Friday night, Sunday night, Friday night, and we also had Christmas oh, yeah, in between, right. and we're on like the last, what, three days? We're on of, a bender. We're on a music bender, and you know what's great? I was thinking, I was talking to Alante about it, and he's like, yeah, three shows in a week, you know, that's that would be like touring, and I was like, yeah, except working 40 hours a week in between. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's yeah. that's the part that really hurts. Well, some of us are. Um, Yeah, but otherwise, I'm like, yes, this is absolutely what I want to be doing, but... um. Alante and I decided to stay up all night last night into, yeah, the, we had into a, the early morning. I guess I'd be staying up later. Staying up early? <laughs> staying up staying early. Staying up early? Yeah. Um, yeah, we had yeah. a we had our first gig in Napa last night. Um, Tom and I have been living up in St. Helena for two years, and we've never played in the Valley. So it was our first gig in Napa. It was in downtown. It was pretty pretty good. We made some friends. We got some good feedback. We played for... Um, two and a half hours, maybe. Yeah, we we were supposed to play for three hours, and we were tripping about it because we we're like, we're gonna have to stretch this thing if yeah. we don't do, do some it. Acoustic shit. Yeah, for sure. and then uh, so yeah, we ended up not having to play for the full three hours, which is pretty good because then we didn't have to play any songs that we were just like kind of uncertain about. Right. It was all it was all comfy songs, and it was mostly full band. And we yeah, we were billed to play from ten to one. So I was telling people like at work about it. I'm like, yeah, we start playing at ten, and everyone's like. That's late. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like I really like, feel like it? we should have been able to start earlier. I think it would have been a better time. But then again, the the sound guy slash booking guy there was telling us that all the other bars around there close around ten, so apparently everyone like comes to comes to come home afterwards. Yeah. And cool, we had we had a good time. But then we came back and uh, opened some wine at the house, uh, the four of us, and started talking about music and. Tom and I hung around till about three, and then we went to sleep. Tommy had work in the morning, and then you guys stayed up until seven thirty. Did you see the yeah. sunrise? We didn't see the sunrise because we were <laughs> we were too busy being in here, being a bunch of idiots. <laughs> I was like, if you you definitely see the sunrise, right? We could have seen the sunrise. Oh, you missed it. We did, but it was sunny when we went outside. That's crazy. If you're like your last cigarette before going to sleep. Well, we didn't smoke a cigarette, but. We wanted to. Aww. At that point, we were like, oh, wait, we don't have any cigarettes. Oh, you were out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, today, so it's Saturday. Um, I usually work Saturdays, so I'm home, and I feel like the sun is shining brighter because I'm not at work. You know when yeah. you're, like, supposed to be somewhere else, and you're just free, and you're like, oh, man. It's also a gorgeous day, and we're also recording it's during the day, day, which we don't usually yeah, do. Yeah, this is a new experience for us, actually. It's wild. I know. It feels weird. I can see sunlight behind your head. It's crazy. Can you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty much what our lives are doing. <laughs> like we we just we're a little uh, burned out. Yeah, we're a little <laughs> burned out. But stay. I mean, what time is it right now? It's three forty-three on a Saturday. Um, Alante and I 
went to bed at 7.30 in the morning and just woke up at the it. crack of noon. <laughs> Which, if you're at, you know, listening to this at home, that sounds like a really luxurious, like, sleep in, sleeping until noon. But when you go to bed at 7.30, it doesn't feel like you got any sleep. It feels What's- like you, like, blinked and, like, rustled yourself awake. You're like, where am I? Who am I? What? What's yeah. going on? Apparently, Tom got up, made coffee, didn't wake up Alante. I got up, made coffee, didn't wake up Alante. And then Stuart came downstairs and Alante jolted <laughs> awake, terrified. <laughs> it's because he was so excited to see me. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, well, I technically, I came, I came uh, downstairs earlier and went around and walked around St. Helena for about 30 minutes. Yeah, you like to go on walks. I like to go I on like walks, walks in the morning. Too. Yeah. yeah. I do. I do. And it's a beautiful Especially day. Especially after a night of drinking wine, you're like, I need to get my I need to see the sun, get the <laughs> yeah. sun on my skin a little get bit. Get that nice uh that nice cool breeze on you, that that winter Napa breeze. Yeah, we're uh California winter. It's nice and crisp and cool and sunny and there's no snow. Nice. Yes. There's a romance to it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's we, why we uh, all live here and pay the the big bucks to live out here. Not forever, for sure. <laughs> no. It's kind of insane. I feel like we're on a... Um, so this is a rock and roll review. <laughs> I think we already said that. <laughs> I, I don't think we did. That's Stuart. I'm Emily. Uh, brother and sister, Radio Keys. Anyway, um, I feel like we're on a Philadelphia kick right now. I was thinking the same thing. Because the last couple weeks... What, have the been... last three weeks? No, we, well, we got Charlie Crockett in the middle, but... Right. Um, Davey Davey the Chains, Chains Philly... Quiet, Quiet Life. Life, Philly. Well, they were recorded in Philadelphia with um with Mount Slippery right. and, and Scott McMicken. They might be based there. I don't no, know. they're they're in Portland, or they were in Portland. Oh, right. They've yeah. they've been moving around. Okay, you're right. But they recorded in Philly right. with a with, Philly producer. Right. We've been talking about Doctor Dog a lot. It feels like on this podcast. Well, they're pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. And now we have um Chris Casper from. Yes. I think he's still in Philadelphia now. He's I, in Philly now. I'm not sure where he's from originally. Yeah, I'm not um, sure either. But he is in Philly now. Um, and uh, I'm really excited about this, uh, talk, to talk about this record, Oh, The Fool, that just came out. Um, and I just bought the vinyl, and I, I was hoping he'd come by today so we could kind of warm up listening to it. But w- whatever, we'll just listen to it. Yeah. The quote-unquote old-fashioned way via Spotify. <laughs> we actually just bought it, too. Um, yeah. So we're throwing him a little bread, <laughs> hopefully. Um, but what's so fun about... So I've been in love with this album for like a year. Stuart definitely showed it to me. Yeah. And Stuart, you have this knack. It's so funny. Like, I don't take a lot of recommendations for music from just anybody, but with you, I always do. Um, because I, I know that it's going to be something I like. And there's certain records or bands or songs or whatever, or artists... That you'll you'll be like you'll bring it to me and you'll be like you're gonna fucking love this. Yeah. <laughs> you did you did it with M Ward. I remember yeah. you played M Ward for me and I was like you know me so well. I love this. And you did it with Chris Casper. You're like you're going to love this. And yeah. I was I listened to this record for like a year. I couldn't stop listening to it. Well, it was honestly like the first time I heard it, I just knew it was exactly your cup of tea. It's it like exactly kind of has my like a cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. It has like the beautiful orchestration and arrangements. Um, it's gorgeous. And it's really dreamy. And then he just has, he kind of has like that almost like whispery singing voice that like M Ward has right. where it, it's just, it's not too rock and roll, but it's, it's really yeah. smooth and velvety. It's almost like, it's almost like a little Jack Johnson ish too. Like maybe yeah. it's very similar. Um, it's very th- that singing style, and my buddy Curtis kind of sings like that too. Like, yeah, kinda like it's a really light way of singing. 
but it's warm it's though too. Really There's good. a roundness yeah. to it. It's not thin. Love. Yeah, it's not no. thin, but it, it's very light. Yeah, and dreamy. God, he's got a really great voice. Um, so yeah, I was excited about this record, and he was one of the ones that um, I emailed his management and said, "Hey, we'd love to play him on the podcast and talk about him. We just love this album. We want to spread the love." And um, his manager wrote back and was like, "Yeah, I can set up an interview." And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I was like immediately like, oh my God, yeah. I wish we could do that. We don't really have the means um, yet. Uh, but I was like, hey, can I shoot over some questions and maybe he can he can answer those? Because there's not, he's small enough that there's not a lot online about him. Yeah. Like there's just not. Like if you Google him, you can find his stuff on his website and maybe like a video interview. I found a radio interview that I pulled some stuff from. Um, but it's pretty sparse. Like, I, like, like we said, we, we're not even sure his hometown. That's how little there yeah. is on him. Um, so I was able to shoot over these questions, and boom, he he, shot him back. Back. he yeah. answered them really beautifully, just like Davy and the Chains. Yeah. Um, and uh, it it gives us it lets us kind of pull their voice in. So we're definitely gonna totally. pull some of that in. Um, so yeah. yeah, I'm trying to figure out. I wish we knew where he was from originally, but I, I don't think that matters as I'm much. I didn't he's ask. In, <laughs> yeah, he's in Philadelphia. It seems like now, at least he said he moved there seven years ago. And yeah. um, or something like that. He yeah. landed there, yeah. And yeah, I think he likes it. like seven years ago or so. And I, I think that scene is really a flourishing um, indie rock scene from what <laughs> from what we've seen. I mean, there's let's go to Philly. Tons of, yeah, let's just move to Philly. <laughs> California's too expensive. Let's let's give me the blues. Let's get out of here. I hear they're really nice over there. <laughs> they like they like they booed are. Santa Claus at the freaking Philadelphia Eagles game like ten years ago. That's so funny. It's Philly's like, fine. How are you gonna boo Santa Claus, Philly? Come on. Really funny. No, it's really funny. <laughs> it's really funny. They just won the Super Bowl. People were like getting nude in fountains and like literally Dude, eating horse that. shit and stuff. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> it's like a let's video not. Of a guy, no, like, I don't want to talk a scarf. about that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna do it. Everyone's like, okay. No bro. one cares. Yeah, was, no one wants you to do anyway, it. Anyway, they won the Super Bowl. I get it, kind of. <laughs> so this album, Oh the Fool, um, Chris Casper's. Oh my God, I'm in. A, I'm embarrassed. Fifth album. Yeah, for the record, one, that's, two, three, four, that's yeah, not what album? I think about everyone in Philly. <laughs> I think everyone from Philly, I think of like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. That's how I think. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just Mac and Dennis and Dee. Oh, and man. <laughs> a show about, they said there was that meme, um, uh, the Big Bang Theory is a show about smart people for stupid people. And uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is a show about stupid people for smart people. Yeah. Anyway, I, it's a great show. <laughs> it's really I mean, brilliantly it's done. It's really brilliant. I love Dennis. These are my things. <laughs> <laughs> I love them all. Charlie's my fave. Yeah, Charlie. Anyway, great. so Oh the Fool's 2017. His first album came out in 2006, and then 2009 he had another one. 2011, 2013, Bag of Bones, which is really great, and then Oh the Fool 2017. We're playing. We're gonna focus on. O, we're o focusing the Fool, on right? Oh the Fool, yeah. um, because it's honestly what I've been binging for so long that i know this album inside and out like whenever we get ready to do the podcast i usually sit and type out i listen and type out all the lyrics so i can kind of for the songs we're going to play and for this one i didn't even have to listen i just typed them out from memory (laughs) so that's how much i'm kind of engrossed in this album um well he he said something really great in this um in this interview that you sent him where he was talking about um how proud he is of, of oh the fool and bag of bones yeah Oh, um, at, the, at the end? Yeah. And, yeah, quote And he was talking it, about his sonic palette. He was like, I felt I was able to expand my sonic palette by working with some amazing people and keeping my ears wide open. And what I think about with Chris Casper, and I think about this with a lot of solo artists, mm-hmm. it's like what I was like desperately trying to do when I was like a solo Radio Keys artist, Yeah, is like 
is expanding quote your fill, so, your sonic palette yeah and, fill that and sound. the thing that's beautiful about being a solo artist is it, it it's like a nice dichotomy between being egoless because you don't have a bunch of other like musician mouths to feed like your bass player has to has to have a spot in this song and mm-hmm. your drummer has to play in every song because right. he's your drummer and what's he going to do if he's not playing drums yeah. and you know you have your rhythm guitar player who has to strum something or he feels useless so you don't have those egos to feed mm. so you're your own ego it in, can in be a hundred percent yeah and you can choose pick and choose what you want to throw in each song yeah because you don't have to worry about offending somebody which What's is that? it seems like a little thing but it's like no it's i being in a that. relationship you know and i and i think um you know writing music with other people is really beautiful and cool it's mm-hmm. like look at lennon and mccartney it's like thank god they found each other because together they're really powerful mm-hmm. but on the other side of that, it's like when you can really take your brain and your idea for a song and, again, bring that to its full potential in the way that you picture it, that's yeah. really beautiful, too, because it's the most honest, kind of true version of that idea, that song. And um, and I'm not saying that it's impossible to expand your sonic palette with other people in your band, but the thing is, is you you are only serving the song. You don't have to serve anyone else or anything else, any ulterior motives or right. anything like that. You're only servicing your dream child, your song. Yes. And whatever yeah, you're you true can to the imagine song. Yeah, to put in it that would make with... it sound like it is in your brain, you know, fuck everything else, everything out of the way. Right. It's all about what would make the song sound good. Yeah. And and I think he really is liberated um, in his recordings by doing that because if you listen to each song there's you know there's different arrangements in each one right. there, there's like you know some jazz horns and some there's like gorgeous piano yeah. lead and others there's guitar lead and others there's slide guitar and some there's beautiful like string orchestrations behind it kylie ryan we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that but and, um, she's I, a huge part i of mean it. the guy who for me really pioneered that kind of um freedom was tom waits with oh, the yeah. freedom with arrangements and then, you know, someone like M. Ward does it really well, too. Yeah. And Chris Casper is another in line for someone who, like, can be a solo artist and dream up these beautiful songs with all kinds of different yeah. orchestration and arrangements. And they call, and they it call always this, sounds like him. They call, It always sounds like him. It's consistent and it's varied as well. And, um, you know, on his website, I'm just pulling this from his website, but they, they call the arrangements lush. It's a great way to put it. Yeah, it is. And they also talk about how he's taking inspiration from sweeping orchestral scores of old Western movies. Oh, yeah. I read that and I was like, what? And then I, I actually Googled, I was like, you know, old Western scores and I was listening to like the Red River theme and all this stuff. And it was like, there's a lot of, I you can make that connection um, with, and it's a lot of, um, like you talked about with the sonic landscape or yeah, what he said, he, where it's like you're filling that, yeah. in. All that, and he's he calls got a it lot a of sonic palette. Sonic palette, which I like. And he said, "The thing about like your color palette, you're a painter. Like it's like yeah. the same thing, kind of. You want to the more the more uh, color you get in there, I guess it's like the more interesting it is. I my I, um, my wino self just goes straight to wine palette. <laughs> when I hear the word palette now, I'm like, <laughs> no, me yes, too. I work my, in a winery. My palette, my palette. <laughs> yeah, and some of our palettes are more sensitive and more uh, than others. You know, if you have a lot of spicy food and hot coffee and cigarettes." Like I used uh, to. Uh, yeah, then you're ruining your palate. Anyway. Um, is this what doctors say? <laughs> he says, yeah, you know what he says too? Okay, so I think I just want to um, quote the first question I asked him and then I think play a song because he, uh, 
he answers this. I asked the first question I asked him was who or what first inspired you to pursue playing slash writing music. And I think his answer streams into the first song we're going to play. Um, it's sort of an existential song lyrically. Um, so he says, hard to say it was probably a series of events throughout my life. I grew up around casual musicians and playing an instrument was always a pretty normal thing for me. Even though my parents, siblings, cousins, neighbors all played a little, no one pursued it as a career or anything more than a hobby. I played in local rock and punk bands through grade and high school and went to college to study psychology. I thought that was interesting. I wasn't playing at all. And after chance phone call with my cousin, I was going on about not knowing what to do with my life. And she said, you need to play music. It was just very clear to me after hearing that. So I did. It became my pursuit after that. Well, I'm glad he did. Somebody told him. You know, did. it's like somebody said, hey, music is your thing. Well, like, a, I, yeah. I hope I've said it to you enough. Music yeah. is your thing. Well, there's Do a it. lot of self-doubt in trying to choose the path of being a musician because you're like, well, I'm probably not going to make a ton of money. And I mean, the odds of making it are, are small. And, you know, there's all these things that you think about when you want to become a, you know, a career musician. Yeah. And, um. It, it's just nice to it's brave it's it's nice to hear you know that chris casper went through the same kind of you know existential struggle where you're of like, course he did yeah he's and he studied psychology i'm <clears throat> i can connect that with his um sort of the depth of of his uh songwriting and sort of the way he talks about human relationships um but yeah, on that on that note, uh, I think the first song on Oh the Fool is a little bit of an existential song in theme, um, and it's just a really gorgeous kind of opener to get a sense of him yeah, and his sound. So let's, let's get, get into, into it, it, and then we can yeah go into why. Just like you to go on and catch me. 
told me to believe And now I'm stuck in the desert And all I want is to see Where the wrong way Never feels so wrong So that tune, you can really tell that he has like those orchestral uh, oh string God. influences, and and that's uh, what's your name, Kylie Ryan? Kylie, Kylie Ryan. Ryan, and I, 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 I just want to say Rilo, Rilo, Kylie. What's that band? Rilo called? Kylie. Yeah, it's, Rilo it's, Kylie. Yeah, when I first read the it, name, it, I like that's just, it rhymes. It's my own stupid Kylie brain. Ryan. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's my brain did the same yeah, thing. Um, But Kylie Ryan, I actually asked him, I said, you know, her instrumentation adds so much to this album. How'd you team up? And um, he said, uh, Kylie and I teamed up via the Philly music scene around seven years ago. That's where we got the seven years. Apparently, there's a... They've been there for seven years. (laughs) There's a pretty awesome Philly music scene that we need to get into. Um, He says she sat in and played along on a set one night, and we had an instant musical connection that we just kept up with. She has a very distinct tone and touch with the fiddle. It's like a bluesy, warm hug. That's like his music in general is like a bluesy, his warm whole, hug. Yeah. <laughs> like, he says, never harsh, never too flashy, along with a great, a great instinct. <laughs> and he says, we collaborated on most of the arrangements, because I asked him if she wrote her own parts, yeah. and he says, we collaborated on most of the arrangements for this record, because I really wanted to get into string parts, and she was able to play viola and cello, we viola. just hunkered down. Viola? 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 I'm saying it like the name, but I think viola? you're saying it like the instrument. Yeah, I think it's a viola. <laughs> We're musicians, I promise. So we just hunkered <laughs> down and worked out all the arrangements. Kylie's playing definitely gives the record a distinct sound. I think it adds a lot it to does. the record. Well, there's yeah. a lot of string arrangements, I think, pretty much in every song. I mean, we're going to go through them and we can, like, you know, check check it off the list. Right. But I'm pretty sure almost every song it's has there. string arrangements. Whether or not it's as kind of... Um, uh, big and round and lush and that the, the when he talks about the western landscape inspiration and you hear that song you just can kind of picture like a sun rising in the beginning over like a desert like i, I absolutely yeah. i'm visual with it and that's kind of what i see but yeah i really think i love how he says it's like a bluesy warm hug um it <laughs> a totally bluesy warm it's hug. a great way of describing it and like we were we were at um smiley's um and there's like a whole uh, poster of bands and they all have like their you know their genre their subgenre. Oh no, yeah, genres one, are hard. <laughs> one was like dysfunctional surf grunge, and we're like, what? what? <laughs> and then who like, told you that? And then we was went the... to Komomi and they had us as jagged blues and folk, and I was like, well, you know I guess why? We'll take it. You know I guess why? Because we'll on our website we say we're a jagged form of the blues and folk, so they just mash that together. So I can't be too mad at that. But yeah. like like we've talked about before, it's like... One band said they to, play anything and everything. I was like, well... That's not true. Not <laughs> no, but trying to fit yourself into a genre is really... gives me anxiety just thinking about it because it's like you don't want to have to... You want to have to pigeonhole it. yourself yeah. and be like, yes, I play only jagged bloke or blues and folk. God, it's, Jagged <laughs> blokes, that's what we're going to be called Jagged now. blokes. <laughs> but jagged on that blokes. last song we played, so do you, 
you know, that I just wanted to quickly, you know, the wrong oh, way yeah. never feels so wrong. So you try to get back and it takes you way too long. And he says, uh, I followed all the sounds they told me to believe. Now I'm stuck in the desert and all I want is the sea. And yeah, the wrong way never feels so wrong till you try to get back. And do you think, I take that as thinking about, you know, you're taking a path in your life. Maybe it's not music for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't feel wrong because everyone's like, yeah, you have a career and everything's great. And like you're supporting yourself and, you know, you're doing just fine. But you as musicians or as creative people, it's like you always have this little thing poking the back of your head or your shoulder or whatever. And it's saying, hey, you're not happy because you're not yeah. playing music, you know. And yeah. so that's, yeah, the wrong way never feels so wrong. It doesn't. It's not like we're all on heroin and fucking living on the street. We're just doing our, <laughs> we're just living our lives normally and yeah. if we're not playing music then it is the wrong way yeah which i think is such a cool way to think about well, it well i was talking to elante up until 7 30 in the morning last night yeah we know we had, <laughs> he's, he's napping upstairs right we, now <laughs> we had a great conversation about uh there's content creators and content consumers yeah and some people are perfectly perfectly happy you know Playing records and right. watching Netflix and never creating anything. Oh, consuming. And yeah. They're they're consuming. And then there are people out there, and I'm not saying that their life has less meaning or anything like that. It's no, just no. that's where they derive their happiness and like, you know, consuming things. Yeah, and we're consumers too. Yeah, as we're, well as everyone's creators. a little bit of a consumer right. and everyone's a little bit of a creator. You but, have to consume to create. But yeah. But <laughs> you the way gotta get some it, inspiration. Exactly. But the way that he was putting it is like you you know, in order to say it you have to make it more black and white you know yeah. like you can't of course there's shades of gray but there there are people who need to create and if they don't create it doesn't matter what they're doing they're just going to be unhappy and i mean we've talked about this all over this podcast but yeah. i mean that's how i was feeling and yeah uh, every i mean i know my dad's felt this he's a painter and uh and a novelist and and he's feeling that he's way he's a creator yeah he's yeah. a creative but there's plenty of people that i know and then we started talking about Tyler Bacon, my buddy, and he's well, he's a creator too because he his passion is ultimate frisbee, which yeah. is like, you know, it's not the same it can thing be, as oh no, music. It can be, but, as long as you're doing something, yeah. But he's <laughs> coaching like a pro a pro team. Oh yeah. He's playing at the highest level. Yeah. And he's teaching youth like ultimate and teaching he's like reaching huge... out to the community and like trying to grow the sport. So he's creating, yeah. but it's in his own niche, you know? Right. And I actually text him at like six in the morning. I was like, Love you. Bro. I love what you're doing. Like, <laughs> it's inspiring what you're doing. Like I know it's Aww. not like my genre anymore. He's like, like, why are you up at six? Are you up early? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you at the gym? What's going on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what six a.m.? No, I'm and like, you're I, not at the gym. There's Come so on. many, and I don't want to ever sound elitist. Uh, there's so many ways to be creative. Mm-hmm. It could be cooking. It could be. It could be so many different things. Like whatever, whatever gets your little personality out into the world a little bit. Even if you're like, yeah, teaching is huge. Look like, at our mom, like teaching yeah. high school. It's like that's huge. Like yeah. that's you're you're inflecting. Well, you're not creating music, but you're creating something for people. And like yeah. what our mom does as a ESL teacher is she brings these kids who are from diverse cultures all over the world, and she it you know wraps them up like a blanket and yeah. shows them that you know like it's not that scary to be in a new yeah. place with yeah. new people There's and you still can succeed. smiling faces yeah. yeah you really can succeed so that's a and, form and i of believe in you yeah in its own self she's an inspiration to us all she's such an inspiration <laughs> she's also, an american person. you know also he says um i just realized i followed all the sounds they told me to believe when he says that is he maybe he could be talking about music a little too there like finding your own sound 
I, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm just guessing, but I like to. I'm not the best lyric guy. I was like, I try <laughs> to break down sounds. lyrics, and I'm like, I think. Oh, I, I'm totally off base. I immediately one. thought he was making a metaphor. I followed all the sounds they told me to believe. Just like, just like, hey, get a career, study, get a bachelor's, study. That yeah. that's like a metaphor for that, maybe. But it, no, it that, also harkens to music a little could too. Be. And yeah. you know, it's his fifth album. Maybe he's really found. He's really found the, the this be- gorgeous sound. In the the beautiful thing about lyrics is it doesn't necessarily matter what he was thinking when he wrote no, it doesn't it's how it hits other people it's how it hits you oh my god yeah and if you think about that like what's he gonna be like no emily you're totally off base here. Not it's, it's not about, about that at all <laughs> <laughs> that'd be such a dick move and i'm sure i mean it's about being guy. stuck in the desert yeah i wanted to be in the ocean <laughs> are you uh, sure it's not about <laughs> wanting to be in it's the? it's <laughs> all literal there's no yeah. metaphors in songwriting at all um no i i and i love that and i love when you know if someone takes a song I wrote, I don't fucking care what I was thinking about when I wrote it. If someone takes it and they relate to it yeah. and they find meaning in it, fuck yeah. That's all you yeah. need. Like it's, it's, I, I said this a million times, but I, I studied art history and we would sit in a fucking dark room and they'd throw a painting up and they'd be like, what's this about? And everyone says they're different. It's a naked different. lady. I think it's about his repressed <laughs> sexual. And the, people are just like, yeah, I would get so annoyed. Um, anyway, but, uh, and, I, and I think that that's okay. And that's kind of the beautiful thing about art form is like, yeah, Picasso probably wasn't painting about that, but you can... I don't know. I'm on the fence with that because (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I'm like, Oh, he's the one. Is he the one with the repressed sexuality? I don't. Yeah, definitely. Um, you look at his early stuff and it's just like paintings of (laughs) paintings of a dude's getting like blowjobs. No. Yeah. I'll show you some Picasso shit that'll blow your mind. Early Picasso. Early Anyway, oh we God. can't get into early Picasso, but he, anyway, <laughs> I, I gonna leave us with that cliffhanger. <laughs> I do. I do like that people can look at something or listen to something and say, okay, this is what I'm pulling from it. Cause we're all so objective, right? Yeah. Is that the right subject? Objective. Yeah. No, um, we're subjective. We're subjective. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Objective is like I taking promise your I personal. I fucking studied. Our, oh, no, the pers- What's the personal one? Yeah, we're, subjective. We're all subjective. I, I once I started mixing those up, I could never get it right again. It's no, like a brain block for me. But anyway, um, yeah, and we all have we're all bringing our own fucking bullshit to the table in any discussion. So it's like when you're gonna, yeah, try to try to wrap your head around a song, it's you're you're probably gonna inflect a little bit of yourself yeah. too. But um, it's the it's the human ego. It's the human yeah. ego coming in. Um, so. Yeah, so a so little... So what's, what's up next uh, in our playlist here? Well, we can do... Um, uh, all the Walls or m- Moving West. Either one. We're going to do both of them. Let's do uh, All the Walls. Let's I, I do really All the like Walls. This one also, I like I was it. saying earlier, it has like a really unique blend of instruments. Uh, there's definitely the string section back in there. And it and just like a lot of his songs, um, the the orchestral arrangements kind of provide like a really nice backdrop yeah, for his voice. They, they're they very simpatico, his voice and strings. They lend to yeah. each other really well. You said something really great, maybe in the Quiet Life podcast, um, that, because I'm super visual, um, so when you explain sound to me visually, I fucking get it. And you said, uh, you said like an organ ra- backdrop yeah. or string as a background to a song is like a set on the stage. It's oh. like the back of the set. And then you layer on top of that. And I was like, yes, okay, Sometimes I'm in. Sometimes I can be kind of smart. <laughs> Sometimes, you know? Sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I love that. Yeah, and it, it also serves kind of... I mean, this serves a little bit of a different role than Quiet Life's uh, Simpson organs. Right. Because he, they're, filling they're in a little more featured because they're so good. 
and they sound so good. Um, but I also really like this song because it kind of has like a heavier beat on two and four than you'd expect from All a the Chris Wolf? Casper song. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda, and um, it starts off with that electric. It's it's featuring maybe, tell me if I'm wrong, more electric guitar, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Well, it has that lead. And again, that's the beautiful thing about being a solo artist when you're just by yourself is you can be like, yeah, I don't need electric guitar in this one. And your electric guitar players aren't going to be like, man, fuck. You know, like you can say, I'm going to throw, you know, I'm going to lay out electric guitar in this song and not have any guitar in this song. Yeah. Or I'm going to have like this super sweet, you know, electric guitar lead to start out this song. Yeah. And it's all just about serving the best, the best uh, purpose for the song. For the song. And you let the song, and we've talked about it before where it's like your songs, once you create them and they're out in the world, it's almost like having a kid or like something like that, where it's like a creation that kind of. Like being a an mind, absentee parent. Takes a mind of its own. Well, <laughs> yeah. but you're, it's kind of its own thing and you really have to listen to it and it'll teach you something. Like I've written songs and then look back at them and been like, oh, this is, this is saying this or this. It, it's sort of, it's really hard to explain unless you've created something. But it, I think a lot of people can relate in different ways where it's like something takes a form of its own after it's left your brain. And if you're serving that and you're listening to what it needs, like we've, de- I've definitely written a song and been like, this is going to be slow. And then you're like, I think it'll work fast, and it yeah. fucking works for the song. And you're, and we're doing what the song. Dude, needs. Alante had another great idea when we were up until seven thirty in the morning. I feel like I missed out. Yeah, we, <laughs> on he some was like, deep dude, shit. when we go to practice, we should just try to play songs differently, like songs we already know, and just play them completely oh, different. A man after my own heart. I yeah. feel the and same it's like, way. You know what? That's gonna lead. That's a thought experiment that'll lead to. It's a beautiful creation in other avenues. Like if you play While the Sun's in Your Eyes, like has more of a funk tune or something like that. Next thing right. you know, you have that funk melody and that funk rhythm in your head. And then you're like, maybe I'll write a song to that. Because that yeah. was fun when we played While the Sun's in Your Eyes to that beat or whatever, yeah. you know. And it it's just about kind of, it's a more of a jamming aspect of things. And actually, Chris Casper talks about jamming and shit in this one which is really good and we'll maybe get into it later because i don't want to sit and search for the quote but he was talking about how he was like all about like these long jams and yeah (laughs) i like complex times and long jams without a lot of thought and i still do (laughs) (laughs) and like and i feel the same way i mean i don't really do uh complex times too much like like our girl roxy she freaking has all kinds of complex times i think she is a very uh um what's the word like uh calculated in a good way yeah um very um intelligent uh approach to music and i think she's a really i think she's did she study music she must she has to i think she teaches maybe had a classical background because the way she writes songs is coming from a place of of real knowledge of music and that's badass well she's also just really good for the community we're trying to i think we're net i don't think we're gonna get into this femme freak folk movement because i'm a man but you'll be fine You're, everybody's <laughs> we welcome well, we everyone's talked, welcome we talked about it a little bit and she you was and like <laughs> yeah and, we talked about it, and she's like well the problem is is like you sing a lot too and i was like oh it. no yeah, it's okay we we'll give in. her all my solo shit where it's just me um so we're gonna play all the walls and it's a really gorgeous um metaphor in the chorus i'll let you listen to it and then we'll talk about it it's a gorgeous metaphor i love it all the walls off oh the fool in 2017 right 2017 yeah all right here we go
feel so down Carry me off, I don't care how Float me down to the deep blue sea Throw me in, then rescue me In the moment you found And all the walls are down you Got a clear view all around When all the walls are down Hey, hey, Papa, why it looks so blue Let the money get the best of you Ooh, you work your life to run away Fall into the hills one day Along the long road you found And all the walls are down You're more free to move around Ryan in the end there hands down singing yeah she's singing oh, that's on definitely too. her yeah she she's singing on a lot of these tracks and it's very subtle yeah and we've talked about when you do a backup vocal that's like a male lead and a female backup or a female lead and a yeah. male backup it's um it needs to be done well I don't, I'm not gonna tell you how it needs to be done but <laughs> there uh it it's when it's subtle that's amazing to me yeah when it doesn't pop out you know what I mean when it's like oh there's a there's a yeah, and Girl that's singing what we in the back, kind of, like you, yeah, or Scott McMicken singing, <laughs> or Scott McMicken, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's, well, he's a very much a lead singer too, yeah. so you can really hear. 
Um, but I love that's and I love the blend of male and female vocals. It's what we do in our band. Yeah. And um, when we hit the right stride with it, it sounds so cool because it's two yeah. different. It even takes if us a little while, but we. You yeah. Know, I suck at I suck at harmonies. Squirrel. I suck at harmonies. Well, we can get better. I'm I mean, what, better. <laughs> what the thing is, you don't suck at harmonies. Um, what what happens is sometimes you don't always hear the harmony. You hear the lead, so you want to copy the lead. Right. But the thing is, is if we record it as like a scratch recording, mm-hmm. and you record a harmony, then I'll and then you just listen, listen to the to recording, it, and then, then you, you'll just start following it. That's how we used to do it in choir when I was an alto. So in this song, he's uh, all the walls are down. You got a clear view all around. When all your walls are down, more free to move around. I think that's talking about like putting up barriers. Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, obviously it is. Like, what am I talking about here? <laughs> no, you're <laughs> I'm not like dust or no, it's <laughs> gosh. No, it's um But like being more open to people and in, in general and when he, he talks about uh having this is why I, I'm not the lyric guy have, here. No, <laughs> I don't claim to be great with him either, but um he talks about uh you know, having ears and eyes wide open when he recorded this album and being really kind of open to everything. His heart, he talks in another song about his heart's wide open, um, leaving my heart open, um, even although it may be broken. We're going to play that song later. Um, but uh, yeah, now along the long brave. road you found when all the walls are down, you're more free to move around. Um, and my favorite verse is at the end. He says, hey, hey baby, why, why won't you shine? Um, and he says, uh, you're burning down by your own flame. That's a great line. It's a great line. Yeah. Why won't you shine? Um, Self-destructive so, behavior. Exactly. Yeah. Or you're, yeah, we you're bringing down by your own flame. Well, <laughs> yeah, and it's... People just can't get out of their own way, you know? People can't get out of their own yeah. way. And uh, it's it's the biggest thing in the way is, is definitely yourself. I think, for me, the reason I yeah won't do things is definitely... Uh, insecurity or maybe self-consciousness everyone has that it's just i I think everyone does it's just a level i mean i I was crippled a long time by caring like what other people thought like if people would think i was a loser if i was checking all the boxes to make sure people would think that i wasn't like fucking up in life or you know and what really matters is if you feel fulfilled and that's really hard to get to that place where you can really hard where you can go hey to feel fulfilled i want to play music especially if you're already comfortable like you already have like a good cushy job you have good hours you have good benefits you can say i don't need to go to this 11 p.m open mic on a wednesday i can just stay home because i don't need to do it it's it's a there's a real like we've talked about it before it's just a really brave choice to decide to play music in general fucking write play music it's so it's so vulnerable and i think this whole the whole vibe of this song is like vulnerability leads to something really beautiful when all your walls are down you got a clear view all around it shines bright all around or whatever um, it's like wow! Not only does vulnerability lead to clarity, this you can why, see you can see yeah. things better when you're being vulnerable. You can kind of see your path better, but also it just leads to really beautiful things when you're able to, yeah, knock and down your own barriers. It's not just be vulnerable. The, it's not just the music, like that incredible little instrumental bridge he has, and it's probably a lot. Which I hadn't noticed until you, Kylie Ryan. Yes, you got <laughs> I'm it. I'm gonna be messing her name up. <laughs> Kylie, if you're listening to this, I apologize for all the times I'm going to be butchering your name, but she has that that super She's incredible, super cool like descending string line. It's like da, 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 
Yeah. And, and you said it was very, with the it's backup a little vocals, Beatles-ish. it's a yeah. little Beatles-y. It's a little Beatles-y, but that's not, no shade. Like anytime, like we had that one conversation about people hating being compared to the Beatles or the Red Walls. The Red Walls like, don't want to be compared to the Beatles. Dare you? <laughs> it's like, dude, that, that's like being compared to Michael Jordan if you're a basketball player. Like, <laughs> and it's hey, like, I have down. my own style. It's all good. <laughs> but anyway, that, that bridge is so cool. I forgot why. Oh, uh, so it's not just the music, like that cool bridge and like the beautiful, you know, quote, sonic palettes that he utilizes. But it's also like his messages are so pure and they're honest and they're not they're not cheap and they're not like, oh, check out this pile of cash, like a ton of other music that's out right now. And I'm not trying to you know throw shade, but I am a little bit about what's really popular is like it's a lot of materialistic bullshit is like what's popular lyrically now. Yeah. And. I, I think there should be more of a venue for, for lyrics like this that are more like, hey, like if you're not about this bullshit and you keep your walls down rather than building your walls up, yeah, you know, then beautiful things can happen. Beautiful and that's the kind happen. of messages that need to be heard. Yeah. And I, I will say, too, just about as far as um this album. So we're not really playing any of his uh previous albums. We're really focusing on Oh, the Fool because I think it's kind of his masterpiece right now. And I think it's. So it's what I. It's just what I want to focus on. I'm just being subjective. Yes, yes, <laughs> you are being subjective. Okay, um, but so if you listen to, we talked about this with Quiet Life. If you listen to his earlier stuff, it's a little um, not more complicated, but maybe busier as far as lyric wise. Um, and he actually talks about when we talk. I asked him about. Uh, I asked him about. Uh, you know, there's a decade between your first album and your most recent. Um, you've got five albums under your belt 10 years you know what what are some things you've learned about songwriting and he says uh these days i write with a simplified musical approach i believe for me anyways a simple frame reveals a more rich expression <clears throat> and that's what i was <laughs> i i couldn't agree more it's like he's he's found a way to um sort of simplify and he's saying so much with so little right he's saying so much with just the simple lyrics that he has all the walls are down and then that um the instrumentation backing it up illustrates it as well um, musically. And then he also, just on a side note, I asked him about songwriting and he is after my heart because he said, I, 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 ge- I guess my method is based on catching an idea on a recorder or phone, no matter how odd or short, and going through them every few months to refine the ones that stand out. Um, and I'm just like, oh my God, that's, Dude, I, do I do the that. same do thing. Like, I, I, I'm driving <clears throat> and I like, and you're you know, like, <laughs> Siri, open a voice recorder, yeah. and I just like yell something, and then a month later I'll look at it and be like, "Whoa, this is cool." That That's n- dangerous. That one. new song we're working on, that you got to move. Oh, I, that's that that is be a bag. That's like a two month old recording. I rediscovered it, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I I'm so I glad you rediscovered do- it. I don't remember doing this. Yeah, there's sometimes when like, and it's the beautiful thing about songwriting is there's sometimes when you write a riff, and I don't have shit like lyrically at all for it, or melody wise vocally or anything and it's a riff that i really like and i yeah. and i just always play it like yeah and then i and then i just shop it off over to or sorry ship it off over to emily so she can you know that's how we wrote hey hey charles yeah and then you send me a guitar go, part and, then, and i just and then she'll send you then she'll send me back lyrics for it and and then those are the moments that like make the hair on the back of your neck stand up we were like oh. and that's how and i mean it's instinctual It's not like everything can be a golden goose, you know, but it's like you hear a song and you hear a combination of guitar, chord progression, lyrics, um, 
and all of, and and melody and all of a sudden it all comes together and you're like this is a song that we need to work on like yeah. right now. And it's and and we talked before about <laughs> and it all comes from a fucking little tape recorder where I just yes. send em, I like record guitar into a tape recorder and yeah. then ship it off to Emily and then yeah. she sings over it and she records on her little tape recorder and then yeah. next thing you know she puts it in the you know in on the back burner for two months and, and then you I listen go, to it oh, again and you're like oh I like this this is good and then yeah. I, I have a bunch of voice recordings that I'm like this is not good <laughs> I listen oh, to them I and I'm just, so like, I'm just like what the hell I was so I many. what am I doing um but or we can you can I just dissect stuff and turn it into and we talked earlier about you know there's a real freedom in being a solo artist but what's because you can kind of take your songs and give them their true sort of form them in the truest sense. But on that note, when I make a song or you make a song and then the other one of us exam, not examines it, but yeah, looks at it and yeah. goes, Oh, I think this and adds to it. Yeah. We can kind of almost see it from an outside perspective and then we can sort of, um, uh, care for the song together. Yeah. It sounds like we're parents of the we're song. We're watering it. We're watering it. <laughs> and we're making it we're blossom. And there's a lot of plant <laughs> metaphors we could use as well. But I, this <laughs> also like goes back to like these are so I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast before or not. But when I was in college, I, there was a music room in the music building. It was a recording studio. Yeah. And I asked the teachers, I was like, "So who uses that recording studio?" And they're like, "Oh, nobody." what and i was like <laughs> i was like what can i can i use it they're like any music student can use it and, and i was like really that's weird that's awesome. and i'm like can i like do you have to sign up for it and they're like yeah here's the here's the calendar you just have there's to sign no up one online. on there i look on the calendar literally nobody the entire year wow and I'm like, they're just not taking advantage no so i got there and that's where we recorded um while the sun's in, or no that was actually at our all house. the people I all know. the people i know hold um, on hold on Bound to change. Bound to change. Yeah, and we recorded, and I also recorded um, Santa Bring My Baby Back to Me there, Where You Belong there, yeah, and a few other ones too, and this was like- The T-Rex cover? 10 years ago. Baby Boomerang I recorded there. It was like 10 years ago. But I recorded some bullshit in there, and like I had like this old- um, black Dell laptop. Yeah. And I didn't, oh. this was like before I backed everything up. Right. Yeah. And, but this um, has a happy ending now. Yeah. It just, Not well, to interrupt we'll you. see. Like, <laughs> it just like went blue screen and died one day. And then I realized I had about five recordings on there. Yeah. That I had done in that same studio that were only on that hard drive. Shit. Yeah. So I had this carcass just of a little ideas. computer. Yeah. Oh. I had this carcass of a computer. Literally a dead laptop, right? Yeah. Ironically, it, it had a sticker of a skeleton on it, but it was like this dead laptop. Foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, basically, our brother, who is he, he's a really awesome character in his the fact that he's so different from us. It's like a, a jigsaw puzzle at times. Like he's a photographer. Um, and we need him to take photography of us, and like we really appreciate. It. And he just sent us a bunch of photos, and they look awesome. They're fucking gorgeous. And he's and a like, super I'm, tech guy. I don't know guy. how he does it. Yeah, and he's a super tech guy. And I think that leads to his photography is knowing how to set the camera because he's so uh, technical. It's with, a cool way to think of because we think of like right brain versus left yeah. brain, and we think that they can't like go hand in hand, but they absolutely can. Like I think music is very technical, and I think that uh, photography too is very technical. Yeah. Like he's he's approaching it. With, um, I think of I think of photography as more a background like, of a lot of, yeah. Like he's a, a physicist. Of, a he thinks tech, about yeah. light and he thinks I, about I think, that kind of thing. That's why I think of photography more like I think of like 
being a, an engineer recording music. Yeah. Like you have to know, you know, how to use a computer, how to work all the outboard gear. Well, and it's, it's a very black and white. It works or it doesn't with yeah. photography. Like if you've tried it, it's like, oh, nope, this is fucking blurry. It did not work. So it's, it's a very much <laughs> yeah. like trial and error, like works, doesn't work as opposed to like painting yeah. where it's like, eh, it's painting more subjective. Is, painting has gone really off the rails, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like, you know, um, but photography is but, very much but, like you you need to know how to use that camera technically yeah. to and then you can start being creative with it. Yeah. Like and you that, gotta learn your he, tool and, and then you can be creative with but it. But what I'm the greater point, the greater arc of this story is um he is very tech savvy and he is very computer savvy. Right. And and what he was able to do is pull out my hard drive from that Dell. I was like, please, God, don't let anything weird be on there. And he like, <laughs> like, pulls out this hard drive. If there was, uh, I'm sure he wouldn't say anything. He'd be like, oh, no, it was all, it was all music. No, it's not like I'm like <laughs> saving videos of like weird stuff. Anyway, um, <laughs> he like... He, looking up serial killers? <laughs> no, that that's my old work. They're like... <laughs> It's like, why but, is he researching them so Oh, my God. Much? He's like, is, he's, <laughs> is this his like, side job to research serial killers? Anyway, you would think. Yeah. So Alex was able to pull out this hard drive and like brought out all these songs that had literally been completely lost for the last 10 years, eight years, nine right. years, something like that. Yeah. And I listened to them really excited to hear them. Aww. And they were not that good. I no, was like, but it's good to have them, though. It's it is good to have them, them but... They're, they're kind of, speaking of serial killers, they're kind of weird, like kind of creepy, weird songs. Well, you were, I think, neck deep into Tom Waits. I was and neck you, deep into yeah, Tom Waits. Yeah, and so when I, you like, listen I like, really wanted to what like, is have it? these ballers, weird, uh, ball uh, ballers, brawlers, and orf or, Orf yeah, brawler, Orphans is the name of the... ballers, and orphans. Ballers, brawlers, and... Anyway, and Brawlers, it's, ballers, and orphans. Right? <laughs> I think orphans is the... Oh, that's in it. Brawlers, ballers, the, and bastards. That's it. Brawlers, ballers, you. and bastards, yeah. There's some great weird shit on there that's oh I love it but um yeah oh, that's can we all... talk about Prairie Sun recording yeah all right so we I I nerded out hard I was we we're looking for a place to record and um I, it was always on my horizon because of the Tom Waits album uh Mule Variations and Bone Machine are two of my favorite albums and there's a very famous room where Tom Waits recorded Bone Machine and. Um, in this room in Prairie Sun Studios, it's basically like a farmhouse. Describe the room. Well, it's basically like a concrete box with like, you know, dirt floor. I don't know if the floor is actually dirt, but it felt like dirt. It, it didn't. Oh, wow. it, it was like any windows. No windows. There's a pump organ in there, That's and badass. and another keyboard. And um, basically, I got to tour the studio because we're looking for a place to record, and, and we're we're gonna record here. And I got to like take pictures and like hang out in this that. room where Tom Waits recorded Mule Variations. Is the the energy's got to be in that oh room? Oh my gosh, the I energy's mean, in that room. There's yeah. literally a pump organ there that he recorded. Yeah. Anyway, there's a picture of of me there on Instagram if you want to check and it I out. And I love. But. And you told me you were like, I just, I was like, I'm just. It's gonna called ask, the Waits room. I'm gonna ask for a photo. Like sometimes you got to put your pride aside and be like, Can you take a picture of me? Yeah. No, <laughs> like, yeah I was like, like I need. I'm here. I'm not. I'm not yeah. maybe gonna be here ever again. Like. Please, yeah. I want to oh, we gonna be there again. Yeah, when I've traveled, you have to do that too. It's like I'm here, and you just gotta ask some stranger. But this and be roundabout that, be that way of talking about recordings and <laughs> shit, like, it's more about his songwriting style. Chris's, yeah, Chris's, where he 
likes to take snippets of ideas. And again, I think of it about it like sketchbooking. Like yep. when I have a Absolutely. little tape recorder and now it's voice recorder on your iPhone, you know, right. I used to literally have a little tape recorder and back in, back in like with a tiny tape school, in it. I remember. No, it was a big tape. Oh, and actually we have some of my tapes in our studio you know, in Concord. The new, <laughs> the new record player we got has a tape deck on the side dude, of it. Let's it's bring super, those tapes. Let's bust them out. Hear the funny shit that's on there. Some old school, like 14 year old stew. Like, I would yeah, love yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Dude, listen to my, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my early voice memos. Or I used to take like videos on my laptop of me, like when I was in New York or like Berkeley, like trying to write songs, trying to play guitar. There's an old school one of me trying to write while the sun's in your eyes. Oh. And it's a video. Yeah, I, I'm, oh. I'm dog shit at guitar. But um, well, anyway, <laughs> I mean, I'm just like. GCD. I haven't moved <laughs> much further than that. Um, you will, though. So I want to um, I want to finish off this quote. He talks about songwriting because the way he articulates is so his um, it's just he's really well spoken. So I just wanted to finish that he quote. He really is. Yeah. Um, so he says he's talking about the method on a recorder or phone, and he goes um, going through them every month, a few months to refine the ones that stand out. That's not easy. And then this is this is really key. Um, he says, making the time and setting all life aside to work on songs is the hardest thing for a songwriter. I used to believe life experience is what wrote songs or there may be a shortcut to something. Now I see to finish any idea, you need to commit long stretches of uninterrupted focus. That time will also reveal to you your voice. So on top of catching ideas on phones and going back in to refine them, I guess the last part of my quote unquote method is to be a weirdo hermit hunker down for weeks at a time, eat whatever, whenever, sleep whenever, wherever, be around a microphone and a few different instruments at all times and work on finishing all those scraps of ideas. And that is fucking key because we'll, I get really lazy with songwriting. We'll like, I'll, I'll have an idea. I'll write a fucking verse and a chorus and be like, okay. And I'll stick a pin in that and mm -hmm. just not work on it. And he's got a great point. It's like, you can't just wait to be inspired like you're you know like that's how the first idea of a song i think hits is yeah. boom you're driving or you're doing something and it just comes to you and it comes into your brain and you go okay yeah and that's your snippet that you record on your phone but then the, the <clears> other 90 percent <throat> of writing that song is fucking making the time and sitting down and working on it well that's what people don't realize about songwriting in general is it is work and you do get frustrated and yeah. you have to carve out time and do it and that's honestly why I, I couldn't feel like I could work a full-time job anymore and still do music right. to the to the to the level that I want to do it. Right. You know, and the fact that we're putting a lot of time and effort into it now is I think the baseline for where we need to be and right. we could be even better down the road like who knows what'll happen with us in the future but Right now, where we're at right now, I think we're at a good baseline and yeah. like, we could always be better. We're working. And, and like you and I could probably spend more time like actually songwriting and like we have this studio here like we can record and, and get the and well, that's what he's saying. we did the other night. Yeah, but. We did the other night. We, and that's, no, we need to do it and more. I love this quote. He says, um, the time that or that time will also um, reveal to you your voice. That time will also reveal to you your voice. The time you spend reveals your voice. The more time you yeah. work on songwriting and you sit down and you map out a song and you think about it, your brain is just firing off the whole time you're songwriting, right? But And yeah. so he's, and yeah, he's saying it's going to reveal. But think about every time that you've recorded and you thought that you had a great idea going into a, a recording. Right. And then you actually laid it down and you listen back to it and you're like, is that really what that sounds like there? Like that doesn't sound that great. And then yeah. and you switch it and you, you know, you 
cultivate that idea a well, little you bit. Can, and that's work. Yeah. Like, well, you, to examine an idea, you have to get it into a physical form, I feel like. Yeah. Like if I have a visual idea and I want to paint it, that's why painting is so goddamn frustrating because you just, you try it and you're <laughs> just like, try God it. damn it, I can't, you know, and it's like, it and you can't really examine. And then I'm like, well, this is the wrong perspective or this is the wrong color palette or that's the wrong background. In my head, the green background worked on this, on this portrait. Yeah. But once you have it in front of you, it's similar to songwriting. It's like you thought it was going to be a slow song and then you recorded it or you thought that it's going to be with acoustic guitar, electric, whatever you thought. Yeah. And then you look at it once it's a physical form, it's a yeah. tangible thing. Not that songs are really tangible, but anyway, um, once it's out there, you can really start to play with it because you got to get your idea out of your brain onto the table, right? And with songwriting or, or any creative thing, cooking's a great example too. Yeah. It's like I thought this would work. Oh, needs more salt. Well, I don't know. I'm not you, a great cook. Did you? Uh, <laughs> did Mom ever tell you about when I used to cook when I was like ten? And when stuff? you were super into Emerald, bam, bam, bam. Oh, I was super into Emerald, <laughs> and I was also super into like the Redwall novels. And, yeah. they, and he has like pages and pages of like these, you know, otters making like hot root soup and like all this shit. And he like goes Sounds into great. detail about all these, you know, ingredients. And I was like, I'm just going to try it. And God bless her heart. Mom was like, yeah, let's make hot root soup. And I was He's like, so 10. cool. So like we would go to the store and oh, she would buy like shrimp so and we would get like all these ingredients and we would throw it into a soup and it would probably taste like just pure shit but well but mom always allowed us to be creative yeah and i think that's so important not with just like little kids but just as adults too to cultivate your imagination yeah and actually bring your imagination let into them, reality she's such a yeah she's such a good parent she she would always let me uh pick out all my outfits so i'd have like mismatched shoes and socks and like i'd be wearing all this crazy stuff and yeah. you look at me as a kid i'm like what am i wearing and she's like they're hilarious I let you pick the out pictures of us are so <laughs> hilarious she's like i let you pick out your own outfits like I, like you're it's a way it's a small way of being creative every day that you need to allow i'm not a parent i'm not gonna preach to no. parents but like i think that that's cool she also let me one time uh i was like we had a bunch of canned soup and I was like, what if we put them all together? And she was like, let's let's try it. And we fucking made this big pot of like all the soup in the house. And it was probably disgusting. Maybe it was good. I don't know. It was it like lentil, it's just like it's chicken just like, noodle. Like it's, everything was in there. This giant, I just have dude, a visual I'm memory in. of this giant pot. And I was just like, what? Like a lot of parents would be like, that's, don't do that. Dude, <laughs> but she was like, over stew let's fucking try that. it out. Let's try it out. Let's see what happens. Um, well, we got to get to another song here. Okay, Which one so, do you want to play next? Um, should I, so I asked him about this song and he gave me a quote, but should we do it after the song? Yeah, Maybe, let's do it after. Let's Wh play which the one song, play? Moving West. Moving West. Yes. And this is also after off our, Oh the Fool. Yes. 2017 album. Um, so yeah, this one is called Moving West. Thunder, thunder, there's a storm in the so I'm moving west, yeah, moving west Thunder, thunder, there's a storm in the east So I'm moving west, yeah, moving west Saying, hey California, here I come Hey California, here I come, here I come Don't 
Okay, so he, uh, so I asked him, as native Californians, we can't help but be drawn to your song, Moving West. What's the story behind that song, and do you have a connection to California? And uh, Chris said, that song was based on a few things. First, my connection to Cali runs deep, and I've been experiencing Cali since my 20s. Second, I want For sure don't call it Cali, though, huh? No, you can call it Cali. I'm fine with that. Second, I wanted to write a big song with minimal lyrics like most blues tunes I love and to open it with a punch in the face. It like, does have like that repeating uh, lyrical structure that blues songs yes. have. Yeah. Yes. So he says uh, to open it with a punch in the face like fire, fire or danger, danger. <laughs> and it ended up being thunder, thunder. And from there, a poem my friend wrote immediately came to me. Third, the poem went storm in the east, move west, move west. The idea was set and I ran with it. Ended up in California. Fun fact, when I played that song in Hawaii, they were like, California's to the east. Oh, <laughs> that's really cute. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I um. Apparently, Hawaii is just like the best place ever. <laughs> like great food, I, great people. How I've never been is amazing. I've been to like I think I counted thirty. I've been to thirty-two states, and you've been to probably I've more. Been to, I've been to probably about forty-four. Yeah. Um, not Hawaii though, and not Alaska. I'd love to go to Alaska. I hear you can get some cheap ass flights to Alaska. Yeah. Because yeah. that flight in is very dangerous. Might be a radio key. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, trust me. As a, I used scary. to underwrite for uh, for uh, aircraft risks, so we would literally not write Alaska-based airplanes because they're so dangerous. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I mean, no, it's throw, funny. Base, but. Um, no, he really ties in this beautiful idea of um, migrating. Um, to a different place because you're feeling restless. Uh, there's a fire in my heart beating in my chest. There's a hole in my love, so I'm moving west. Like he, it's it's a cool way of thinking. Because when does when does a big change happen? When does a physical move, whether it's a physical move or whatever kind of metaphor he's using, it's like always kind of uh, brought on by this restlessness. Um, anyway, so I I absolutely adore that song. Yeah, it's a great song, and I hope he comes back to California. So I just I have a big regret. Um, I live in St. Helena, which is about 90 minutes to two hours from San Francisco. And he played in San Francisco at Hotel Utah maybe a couple months ago. And I, it was on like a Wednesday night. I was working till five. So I was like, okay, I could, Jet. I could fucking yeah. get off work and drive myself about two hours to San Francisco, <gasps> catch it, hopefully catch a set, drive home by myself. And it just like the four hour round trip and like the fact that I worked all day, I was just like really like really couldn't fucking bring myself to do it yeah. and it's a regret that i have you, and we talked Chris, about this so on sorry. the way back from <laughs> we talked about this on the way back from donkey and goat when we played and it's like you were echoing the same regret and i and i was about like, that specific show and i was you know i'm not trying to be a dick or anything but i was trying to tell you it's like if there's someone that you want to see you have to go. I know. You and it, have to go. I, because I made a lot of excuses. And on, honestly, it is a fucking hike. It's a four-hour round is, trip. And I'm driving alone. Done, so I was like, I, I did the same thing sucks, to, but, to the Felice Brothers in LA yeah. when I was living in Santa Barbara. Yeah, and that was gotta, in rush hour go. traffic. Like, yeah. on a, It was on a Monday night, I remember, because the Panthers lost Monday night football. Yeah. And <laughs> I was but like no, listening to it on the radio. You're right. You just have to go. And, and you never know... One, and I don't want to, you know, knock on wood. I, I'm not trying to say any tragedy is going to happen. But you never know when the last time you're going to be able to see somebody is. Yeah. Like, we talked about people quitting music. We, you know, we've did talked you, about people meeting an untimely end. Did, did you know, sorry, did you know that 
our uncle Carl, my godfather, yeah, our dad's brother who lived in New York City in the I think the 80s and the early 90s. Um, he must have moved there in the 80s. Maybe late. So anyway, he uh he had a friend that said, "Hey, the band is playing." The band. The band is playing tonight at wherever the last waltz is. Where is that yeah. in New York City? And Carl was like, "Oh man, I should know this." Carl was like, "I got." I got an early morning at work. He was working for Newsweek, so he was like working crazy days, and he was like, I can't go see the band tonight, and it was the fucking last waltz. And so he, <laughs> so he sees his friend the next day, and his friend's like, man, fucking Bob Dylan came out. <laughs> fucking everybody, Neil Young everybody came out. Came Dr. Out. John Morrison, came out. Dr. Yeah. John. Yeah, and so it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, that. that's... That's such a great metaphor for, like, go to the show. Yeah. <laughs> like, go to the fucking show. I don't care if you're tired. Yeah. Like go to the show i went to that liz cooper show by myself i was proud of that yeah, no that's awesome because uh tommy bailed and i i so, ended up going a great example of this is i saw um i went to god damn it was it's, i think it's the arroyo seiko music festival um about two years ago i went with my ex after i came back from uh the woods mm-hmm. so we went to new york and i flew back from new york to la she picked me up and we went to this Arroyo, I think it's called Arroyo Seco Music Festival. Okay. I might be off base here, but okay. um, it's basically this new thing that was happening at the time in LA. And we were walking around and there was uh, Dawes, the band Dawes was there. Right. I've, and they're yeah. they're great. They're really good live. I, I don't love them necessarily. I don't like, really know them very well. I have I, to look into I like them. him better when he's with Middle Brother. Like that one oh, album. Oh, he's Middle Brother? He, well, oh, I he's love not the main brother. singer, but he's the main guitar player. Well, Middle, Middle Brother, Brother is like a... He also sings uh, one of the verses on Million Dollar Bill and like... Is Middle Brother like a traveling Wilburys Highwaymen type of band yeah. where it's yeah, like yeah. a little... It's a, it's a bunch quote, of... It's super group. It's where, a super, okay, yeah. yeah. It's uh, the dude from or Deer what's Trick. the one with M Ward and Jim James? Deer Tick, sorry, not Monsters Deer of Trick. Folk is a good yeah, example. Yeah, Connor Oberst, M Ward. Dude, I almost think Jim Monsters James. of Folk is better individually than the sum of its parts. Is that, is I can't that, think that, of one of their big songs, but I what I loved the idea that I loved is it's like okay, I love M Ward's songwriting and guitar playing, and I really love Jim James's voice. So yeah. I was hoping because Jim James does oh what is it um uh Ma- oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh fuck! What is his band? It's gonna kill me. Yeah, it's gonna kill me too. <laughs> it's uh, it's my morning jacket. Yeah, I'm like, obviously. it's a guy. I wanted to say Morning Mountains because, yeah, and oh, I'm yeah, like, it's yeah. not that's Morning James. Mountains. That's a, that's a local band that we love. Um, but anyway, my morning jacket is a little too heavy for me, and I feel like they kind of tread on his voice. Yeah, I'm not one to start talking shit about. It. I'm not trying to like <laughs> criticize my morning jacket. They're amazing, but his voice when I hear him live doing something where his voice is very open and kind of naked, I'm just like, holy smokes, honey, yeah. you have this fucking voice of God. Like, you gotta, you gotta let that show more. So I'm always looking for I Jim James. I his Tiny Desk concert, I have to be honest. I we watch it. it. We, we rock concerted it the other night, and I wasn't super into it. I just feel like sometimes... But I'm into, I'm into him and his... He but he came out solo acoustic, his, yeah. and it was a little bit too raw, almost. I think his voice... I love that I stuff. Think his, <laughs> I think his voice That's my does benefit from a little bit of effects... That you can get in the studio. And, Maybe. They and cover... So, sorry. My Monsters of Folk covers... Uh, so, Connor Oberst, Jim James, and Morden. There's a fourth guy. Um, they cover uh, Girl from the North Country. Mm. If you're traveling Great. to the North yeah. Country Fair. So, they cover that. And his, Johnny Cash, Bob Dylan. Song. Johnny Cash, Bob Dylan. And uh, and then there's a weird live video where at the end, Connor Oberst... Or in the beginning, Connor Oberst is like, this is a song we wrote for the tour. 
and then they play <laughs> and it's like a is it's that like when a, he's all like coked out like it's all like a joke it's shit? like a joke but it just doesn't work because no one knows that it, they didn't write it so yeah. <laughs> it's like when we played oh oh I, I thought you were talking about the original video with johnny cash no 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 the, it's a video yeah. of monsters of folk covering it and kind of versus like we wrote the song for the tour and it's like clearly a joke because it's a fucking fa- bob dylan song that's my favorite joke you do that joke all the time <laughs> what do we play <laughs> fucking 99 red balloons and you were like we wrote this song <laughs> No, Preacher Man. We played Preacher Man. Every, <laughs> like a clear, any clear cover we yeah. do, you're like, we wrote that song. <laughs> Wait, let me, that. I got to get back to my original point. about. Sorry, sorry. So I sidetracked you. We So I saw Dawes and they, they're a band with Middle Brother that I feel like is a true super group. It's right. kind of like Audio Slave or something right. like that where it's like, oh, the sum of its part is actually incredible. With like, yeah, like with audio slaves like Chris Cornell and Rage Against the Machine right. come together and create an incredible band and, an, and and just an incredible sound. Yeah. And with Middle Brother, I feel like Middle Brother is better than Dawes, better than Deer Tick. I can't remember the third guy's band off the top of my head. They're really but good. But Middle Brother, that one album they came out the with. The song Middle Brother yeah. is so good. It's so good. It so I saw Dawes play and then I saw the Alabama Shakes play. Holy shit. And that girl, Brittany, dude, dude, I'll tell you. She's a hero of mine, she for sure. is one of the most magnificent performers I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen quite a few shows. And and the, the only knock on them is that they didn't play freaking that song, Hold On, which oh, is like <laughs> clearly their best song. And, like, and it's a song I heard. Like I remember driving down the 101, listening to some weird-ass AM radio station. And uh, Hold On comes on like... Years and years and years ago, before they were, this was, yeah, maybe twenty. Oh, it had to be like twenty eleven, twenty like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, something like that. Twenty. When did that album come out? It was like right then. Twenty twelve. Boys and Girls came out twenty twelve. Okay. Or sorry, that was when it was nominated for a. I think it award. came out in like two thousand eleven. Maybe twenty eleven, and yeah, that maybe would make even sense. Um, but anyway, I saw them, and they yeah. were incredible, and I had always wanted to see them, but they always play like you know festivals and it's it's tough to like want to go to a festival to see the alabama shakes because you're not paying for the alabama shakes you're paying for like the fucking paul mccartney ticket or whatever you know what i mean so that's why festivals are rough tough about but this yeah festival that i went to i think it's called the royal seco was affordable yeah and guess who headlined that festival who tom petty and i had never seen tom petty before and I watched, you saw Tom. we we had a blanket, we had some wine and some whiskey, and we were just watching Tom Petty play. And uh, we left, uh, honestly, we left a little bit early because the parking lot was a nightmare. And we wanted to get out there before everyone it's else did. such a did. dad thing. Dad always oh wants to leave concerts early. I'm a man. I'm 30. <laughs> so, so we... So we got out of there and we were all just, we were both just so grateful and stoked to see all these artists. And then... Yeah. Months later, Tom Petty dies. Months later. Months later, Tom Petty dies. You nailed it. And I was like, if why I, I want to see Paul McCartney. Yeah. I've seen Paul, stay Ringo. healthy. Eat your vegetables, Paul. Paul, stay healthy. Eat Paul. your vegetables. No, I, I, we have to see Paul. But I saw, I think I saw Tom Petty in 2008 uh, at the Greek Theater in Berkeley, yeah. and he brought Stevie Nicks out. But I'm not saying Chris Casper's going to die or anything. No. I'm just saying like... Oh, you, sorry. Yeah. Wow, we took this that way was the whole far point. away. That was the no, whole you, point. No, you have to see you have to see artists when you get the opportunity. And I and I should have... And I actually like... I I think I was also turned off by the idea of driving alone yeah. through Sonoma to San Francisco via Golden Gate, all that stuff. It's kind of a sketch drive. 
But I was also like, oh, I don't, I kind of want a companion for the road. And Tom couldn't for some reason. Yeah. He either had a gig or something was going on. And so I, wish I was there, but I was probably you were dicking Santa, around in Santa Barbara. You were in Santa Barbara. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so, but then I, I got to go to that Liz Cooper concert alone, and I was like, oh, I kind of love going to concerts alone. It's really um, not bad at all. Yeah, you know, I about ooh, maybe fifteen years ago, I went to a concert um, at I think it was the uh, not the Fillmore, the Warfield in San Francisco with my friend Casey and a third person I can't remember who, and. Uh, it was Regina Spector and we walked in and we immediately got separated. I think like something happened. We immediately got separated. Just and kidnappings? I, yes, kidnappings. <laughs> and um, it was no one's fault. It was just like we walked in. I think I like probably had to pee and then I lost them or something. And like I ended up like watching that whole concert alone and it was one of my favorite experiences. Um, Regina Spector's a badass, dude. Yeah. She'd be like banging on the piano and then have a drumstick that she pulls out and she starts hitting the piano with the drumstick and it's just like, whoa. And she's like doing percussion. Yeah, so I saw that alone, and then I I found my friends, and I was I, it was like, oh, I'm sorry we didn't like, you know, enjoy this concert together. And I was like, you know what, it was fine, it was good. Like, so it, it's okay to to really like. I've been have to so many concerts alone. I know you yeah. have, and I and I haven't, and I need to remember that it's it's a really kind of a beautiful experience because you really can you just can, you can also meet people. I think it's easier to meet people maybe as a guy because you're not guarded as much. Because I know that there's like the stranger danger. Um, thing that women feel all the time oh yeah so like Serial you can't just walk, like you can't just walk up to a guy <laughs> everyone's at a bar gonna kill me yeah. at a solo show and be like hey what's up random man well, and he's like I'm, hey i'm yeah. ted bundy nice to meet you <laughs> and uh like with me it's not like that so i can walk up to a random dude and be like hey what's up man so you like the fleece brothers <laughs> and then you know oh, he's like friends. Yeah, yeah i love them and then you know next thing you know you're shooting the shit about you know whatever. i did buy Man. a girl a water at the liz cooper show but then she kind of turned away i was at the liz cooper she show used you and i was driving so i wasn't drinking and I, I walked up to the bar and i was like do you have water and i expected him to have like a thing where you could like get your own water of course he did and he was like he was like oh you can buy bottled water and i was like all right i'll buy That's i'll buy one move and i'm like how much are bottled waters and uh $7. there was a girl next to me and she was like yeah i want one too and he's like <laughs> He's like, they're $3. They were not that expensive. I was like, I'll get one. And she's like, ah, oh, never mind. And so I just gave him like $10. And I was like, this will cover both of us and your tip. And and then she kind of walked away. I think she, she, sounds, like, <laughs> she sounds like a real gem. She's like, I don't want it. Never mind. And I so was then like, you just have these two no, bottles I think, of water. <laughs> I don't think she was being a dick. I think she was just a little drunk. And she was like, I need water. And he was like, it's $3. And she's like, never mind. And then I bought it for her. And then she kind of walked away. Anyway, did, wait, um, did you, I tried to you, make I tried to make friends. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, you are the worst. <laughs> I'm really bad at making friends, apparently. I'm like, is, Emily's this, like, Here is you this, go. this the way? Is this how normal people do it? I don't fucking know. We gotta um, play one more we gotta song. Play, yeah. Are we gonna end on Actually, a song? Actually, we're gonna play two more songs. Okay, so we're gonna play... Um, so this next song we played, we're gonna play China Rose. So I, oh, I spun... I have a dude, little bit to talk about this song. Too. I do too. I, I will say like on a sort of separate from the song itself like i was playing um oh the fool nonstop from like last winter all through spring and summer and like tom i'm always listening to music like at home i have it on everywhere and tom usually doesn't really pay attention to what i'm oh. listening to um but every once in a while he'll be like "Ooh, who's this and i was playing china rose and he looks and he's like oh who's 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 this i like this song um, so this this is the one that really sparked his ears. It sparked my ear too. It's gorgeous. So this is in a, a six eight feel. Um, it's very piano driven, and it harkens back to what I was talking about. Excuse me. It harkens back to what I was talking about. Solo artists being able to pick and choose the instrumentation and arrangement they want to use for songs. Right. Because 
you can I don't even think you can really feel much guitar at all. And when I think of Chris Casper, I think of a guitar player. Right. But this has tons of piano. It has tons of piano. it has some nice organ hovering around that you can kind of sense, but again, mm-hmm. you can't really it's not so present that you identify it right away, but you can feel it and you can sense it. And it has that beautiful uh, that beautiful organ to it. Um, and I think there's more uh, and there's more strings again. And the the thing is though about all these songs, we can talk about the orchestration, right? We can talk about the arrangement. We can talk about you know how good of a guitar player someone is, right. or how good of a singer someone is. Or how but the what lyrics it, fall on you. What a song really comes down to is how how good is the melody? How good is the chorus? Yeah. Is it memorable? Does it make you feel that certain twinge of emotion when you listen to it? <laughs> yes, it does. And China Rose <laughs> and all of his songs is he really, it's really visceral. He finds a really great way to to nail nail these choruses. Yeah. So this this chorus is gorgeous, and I I pulled one lyric out of here. Um, this is kind of a kind of an existential. Uh, theme as well as the first song, um, The Wrong Way. Uh, he's saying, uh, you said I'd live long, you could also be wrong. Um, and he says, uh, often mistaken when it comes to my place, the time that I've spent wondering where to fit in is leaving lines on my face. So he's spent some time, like we talked about before, on the wrong path and he's, yeah, where where to fit in and he's kind of hopefully found it. Um but yeah, I, I think we should just play it because it's so yeah. gorgeous. It's it's one of my favorites off the off the record. And as far as the chorus or what the theme is, I you know, I'll I'll let I'll let you guys decide what you think. Living a good life. Sometimes it's strange. We ain't got a dime or a minute of time to your God-given name. Tracing my lifeline, looking out into space. You said I'd live long, but you could also be wrong. Hold on just in case Some say love But still you're right about your shoes Just because You throw the fight it don't Need a good dose of something 
bend it down And you pull me out You call my name Some say love, love, love Will steal you right out of your shoes Just because You throw So everyone knows you're my child of rose, you're my child of Definitely guitar in that song, so (laughs) (laughs) thorough apologies to Mr. Chris Casper. Uh, There's like a really nice lead guitar in the chorus with some like mild effects on it. Right. That sounds great. And then pretty much the whole song is like a driving acoustic. I just want to tell you like, you're fine because it's a podcast. It's a conversation. Like I've listened to our podcast and been like, oh my God, I'm so wrong. Like I said (laughs) on the last one, I said uh, I was talking about Quiet Life's guitar solos being like off of Abbey Road. And then I was like, it reminds me of Octopus's Garden, but that's not on Abbey Road. And then I fuck, it is on Abbey Road. I'm I just being a dick. try to avoid statements like yeah, that. Yeah, I just need to <laughs> stop to trying to, yeah, you second guess yourself because you're not, we're not looking at anything. I mean, we have our laptops up for like, uh, I have all his song lyrics up, but that's basically it. Like They're we're not for trying to farts, pretty much. Yeah, for we're not trying to like Google and, shit all the and, time. <laughs> I mean, we take, we take notes on every Quotes, artist we do. Yeah. And I try to take notes on each song with the instrumentation and, and the feel and all but that. But it's, it's fine to, but, yeah. yeah, you're fine. And that, <gasps> yeah, so stupid. you're fine. Gorgeous song. Um, we're going to close out with one last Chris Casper song, but before we do that, um, we're going to talk about some radio keys, some radio news. keys news. And yeah. then I have one last quote by him. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what we wanted so, to hear. Uh, I knew there was something. Well, what's going on with Rodeo K's? Let's do the quote first, and then oh, okay. we'll yeah, and then we'll. Um, so one of the last things I asked him was, "Are you working on new material? What's on the horizon?" That's a pretty basic uh, 
question. No, for I think you musician. gotta ask that though. You gotta ask that. I, I feel like that's a good end question. It's like because if if they have something exciting to talk about, then that gives them the opportunity. Um, so he says, yes, a new record is beginning to shape up. Which Chris, I'm so excited about Very that. Very excited. You know, Oh the Fool kept me, um, you know, happy and musically satisfied for about a year i I, I i still i still listen to I it i guess it came out in 2017 so it can't i be still much i still that, listen but. to it almost every morning at work like before i can talk to people or deal with anything real and i have just my coffee and i just put that on my headphones and i listen to that i just listen to the whole album um it's 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 one of my favorite albums probably well, he, he of was all one time. of those guys i heard so the last it's song we're gorgeous. gonna do and we're gonna do it in a little bit but the last song I heard, or the the sorry, the first song I heard of his was "City by the Sea," and well, that yeah, that's the song. We're yeah, that song we're gonna play. With, and there's a music video. Yeah, I haven't um, seen it. There is. Oh my yeah. god! It's the I think it's his only. Ugh, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, Chris, but I think it's his only music video. But yeah. But um. So wait, let me finish this quote. Yeah, sorry, yeah, quote. I got really excited because he says, "Yes, a new record is shaping up," and it's like, "Oh my god, yes!" Um. At this point, I'm hoping it will be out in the next few months. Oh man! I know we we. This is what November he or maybe early December he wrote me back. No, he, um, didn't he write you back in December? I think it's early December he wrote this. So uh, then he says, "Till then, I'll be working a few other side projects and hopefully getting on the road again." Well, what soon. are these side projects? At the moment, the horizon. This is really gorgeous, and it just sums up the way that he talks and the way that he kind of expresses himself, and I love it. Um, at the moment, the horizon consists of a highway, a faded billboard, a glowing skyline, and a low crescent moon. And that's, and that's why he's an interview. Well, that's why he's Chris, a songwriter. If you're in town, <laughs> hit us up. We'll open for you. We'll promote your show. We'll go out. I mean, hit us up, man. We want to meet you. Yeah. We think that. I mean, just reading his interview, you're like, this guy is such an insightful, like, insightful. sweet guy. Like, he just seems like a really good person. Yeah, I've watched. I've watched. Uh, he has a, kind of a funky little PBS video on his website. That's like a bunch of other stuff too. But he's in there as well, being interviewed. And he's he he reminds me of a Bobby Stone. He's just very, yeah, he's very like, um, cerebral, but also very kind. You can tell he's incredibly intelligent, but he's also, um, he's not condescending. Um, and he's, uh, he's very well-spoken and he's, he's, he's sensitive in a heart on his sleeve kind of way that a, that a, that a true musician should be. Um, and he's, yeah, he's fun to watch. So if you get any opportunity, I'd love to meet him. I, I'll probably lose my mind, but I'd love to. Yeah. Just talk about how much I absolutely love what he's doing. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, well, so hopefully hey, he comes back to, yeah, to please, Cali soon. Chris, and, come uh, back. Uh, yeah. We're in Napa slash Bay Area. Come on back. Uh, thank you so much for letting us play your songs. And hopefully we got you a couple of fans. I, you know, we, we play a lot of uh, artists on this podcast. And some of them, like maybe Chris Denny, has an interesting voice that maybe turns people off or turns... Or like is is sort of a matter of taste, but I always think about Chris Casper as like I can't think of playing this for anybody and having them feel any negative way about it. It's such a beautiful, open, sort of unoffensive, gorgeous piece of music that it's I just it's, can't. It's beautiful in the same kind of way that Bob Marley is beautiful. Like you might not it's like love who does not. Lo- that's yeah, a great example. You might not who love doesn't like it? Yeah, Bob Mar- or sorry, you might not love reggae especially with the way that it's kind of evolved over the years. But like if you don't hear and feel the soul of Bob Marley's records, yeah, like everyone, like that's like that crossover type of 
type of hit or uh, artist, you know, obviously yeah. Bob Marley for reggae. Where it's like and you can't be I'm offended not saying by that this. Chris Casper yeah. uh, is like a crossover artist, but he he has that same kind of um, just uh, that's not a real world, but listenability where you yeah. y- you just like hear. Well, it. if I if he were to get in any room and start playing music, yeah. I can't imagine. Like we were talking about. Back in honky tonks, people are throwing beer bottles at the <laughs> at the band. It's like you, ca- I can't imagine any room where they would go. Oh, I don't. I Maybe don't a guy with like studded belts and like spikes on his leather jacket. It's, no, it's, would, like, it's just not like so. It, but other than that, it's so universally yeah. good and gorgeous and, and acceptable. It's as, as it's authentic is the key. Yeah. Is that he? Same with Bob Marley. It's all authentic. It's yeah. not. Hey, I'm trying to make this music that people will like. It's like this is the music that's coming out of my brain. And well, that's for the him, with reggae now, dude, Chris Casper has that spark. He has that spark. Yeah. And like, I just, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, go on top of what your cousin said. Keep just, yeah, this is keep your it, thing. Keep this it. is your thing. Yeah. You don't need me to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> clearly, but um, I'm in love with it, and I want you to keep making it. So. So we don't have. I mean, we have some radio keys news. Um, basically, we've been um, fundraising to record an album um, and all the recordings that you've heard of us on Spotify and all that, they're all pretty much home studio recordings. Right. Like we recorded some drums with Jay Young and, um, Jay Young. but pretty much everything else you hear is recorded with my laptop in my room. Right. <laughs> and and like, they're honestly, they're pretty damn good. Uh, they're not bad, but they're not, they're not great. bad. Like, Hey, Hey Charles sounds real big and real good. Um, but for some of our new songs, like sweet soul, it's like, let's, give these songs i think we're gonna pick 10 i'm I'm down with 10 or 11 songs i think 12 is not the best number for an album but i like 10 10 is my fa- my favorite album nashville skyline is 10 songs yeah i like 10 it's short 10 and sweet and you just su- pick and yeah. sometimes you have to make some hard cuts but the reason but there's a reason why that song is the 11th best song you know there's a reason why it gets cut yeah so Anyway, we landed on recording at Prairie Sun Studios, so we're going to find some time in April to get out there um, for it's a couple weekends. Yeah, the end of the, it's the end of the it's year. It's an incredible place. You should check it. It's in Kotati. Uh, I hope that's how you say it. Kotati. Kotati. I don't it know. It sounds like a Native American <laughs> something or other. But anyway, I, yeah. it's, on the, it's, right, it's between Santa Rosa and Petaluma in the right. farmlands, and it's basically like this giant farmhouse that got converted into a studio years and years ago. And it's where Tom Waits recorded, uh, Jefferson Starship recorded there. Yeah, a lot of a lot of really incredible artists recorded there. So we landed on that place, place. and also you get to stay overnight there because they have a little little, yeah they have a little house. So So you're fully immersed in the recording experience for three four days. Make some coffee and you go record. Yeah, Yeah, so we're planning on doing that in April. In in terms of dates, we just have have we're doing a two piece set in in Novato. Um, on January 12th, and then I think it's January 26th we have Alameda. January 26th is Alameda with Roxy Rawson. And Our girl, yeah. Um, I have it right. Or, wait, no, I don't have it. We have, it's uh, Alameda, it's, oh, and oh, and a Northerner. Northerner, Northerner. our old uh, that's it. That's it. neighbor it's, Johan from Berkeley. It's Northerner, then Radio <laughs> Keys, then Roxy Rawson. I thought that, so. that that was the Northerner show, but I wasn't sure if that was the plow. So um, basically we've booked, so Stuart has booked so many shows in 2019, like eight that I'm already mixing them up. Um, also, RadioKeysMusic.com is live. Oh yeah, and I guess the only other one that's kind of important is we're going to we're going to Dargans again, uh, Santa, Santa Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. So we'll be playing that March 9th. And uh, so that's pretty much it. Um, thanks again yeah. to Chris Casper. 
Yeah. Thanks to you, Emily. Thanks so much, Chris Casper, for taking the Thanks time to, to uh, answer those questions. <laughs> that's that's huge. For staying up with me till seven thirty. Thanks, Alante, for just taking a nap upstairs while we record this. Yeah. I wish it's we like, had a third mic. He's like, how? He's <laughs> like, how narcissistic are you guys? Just talking. <laughs> it's okay. Talking I brought him some beer. He's doing yeah. great. Um, so yeah, um, thanks for listening. And uh, so yeah, th- real quick, I'm gonna just uh, cap it off with. City by the Sea is the last song we're oh, playing. Oh, yeah. City by the Sea is the last um, song we're playing. It has play. a really groovy, like almost like loungy. Like it reminds me Ooh, of being like yeah. in like a Chicago like jazz club at like three o'clock in the well, morning. Well, he does. It is a blues. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like a blues structure where he says City by the Sea, City by the Sea. She came to visit me, City by the Sea. And then he has another line and he does that over and over. Yeah. And then wind tangled their hair, wind tangled their hair, water in the air, wind tangled their hair. So he's, it's, it's repetitive. It doesn't feel repetitive um, in a bad way, but it's, it's almost got a little bit of a blues structure to it. And then it's got a cool, it uh, reminds me of jazz because it has like a bunch of horns that kind of come in and interject and play some lead lines. Yeah. And it also has an upright bass. I think it's an upright bass. It sounds like one to me. And it has like some really dreamy slide guitar in it. And uh, it kind of reminds me of like, you know how like uh, the Christopher Denny song, If the Roses Don't Kill Us, how there's like, it's like really Dixieland and really upbeat and up tempo. This is like the the cannabis version of that song where it's like like way more chill. Um, Everything's a little bit more laid back. It's all on the back end of the beat. But you do have like these instruments kind of soloing in between uh, the the. Well, he's definitely a cannabis guy. Oh, really? So I got really into a, <laughs> I got really into his Twitter feed. Oh, nice. Yeah, and he was definitely tweeting a uh, smoke weed every day. <laughs> Dude, Chris Casper's Twitter is hilarious and wonderful, oh, and, shit. and it's so much fun. We gotta it's drop him. We gotta drop so him. So much fun. Definitely check out his Twitter. Um, and he's a. Uh, oh, he also, you know, I just feel like we owe it to him. He's really pioneering for something that's really cool, which oh, is a yeah. Spotify no, tip th- jar. Yes. Yeah. I actually commented on, on, on this post today. I yeah. was like, yes, preach, yeah. brother. Yeah. So he wants to pioneer. I don't know if he's the pioneer of this or if he's joining the march, but it, it was he's a big voice. He's in the it for first sure. one that I saw do this. And he's like, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Pandora. Give us a tip you jar. You need to add a tip jar for artists. Right. And that is a fucking brilliant idea. Yeah. Like if Uber has a fucking tip jar, why doesn't Spotify have a tip jar? Well, I've been listening to Oh the Fool for a year. I pay for Spotify, but I I realized recently I was like, am I throwing any bread towards Chris? So I bought his vinyl, um, and and then we bought the album digitally as well. And mm. yeah, maybe I'll throw a little towards his tip jar, um, yes, just because it's like when you're so in love with a piece of music, I guess you can have a Patreon. You really, but... I really want to throw a little. Yeah, I guess Red towards I, it, you know, you can have a Patreon, but it feels like you should be doing like if you, I feel like if you have a Patreon, it feels like you should be giving like secret content out. But it's like, why not just have a Patreon where people are like appreciating what you're right. doing and they know that you're not like the fucking, you know, you're not Cardi B out there like making all the money and maybe you can well, I think, get a little uh, bit of extra. I think those bigger artists make money mostly off of touring, right? And like appearances, yes. um, yeah. that's kind of the way that music has changed since maybe like the seventies, where it's like, okay, Joni Mitchell, you've sold this many albums because that's yeah. the only way people can listen to you, so they're yeah. gonna buy your fucking tangible record, yeah. and that's a bunch of money. But nowadays, it's like, oh no, I don't have to buy anything. Yeah. So we did buy something. Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for my vinyl. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks again. We're Radio Keys. Um, we're gonna. 
play, uh, not City by the Sea. Oh, yeah, City by the Sea by uh, Chris Casper. And thanks again for listening. Please Uh, check out Chris Casper. Yeah. And uh, throw a little bread into his tip jar on his website. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, um, yeah. yeah, Thanks for listening. Yeah. We're going to keep searching for that sweet soul music. Sweet soul music. See you.